I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live, Mike. Let me tell you about another road trip I took once. Not as far as I drove that day. I figured out how to uh, be a radio talk show host, but uh, about two hours. When I got my first full-time job, it was at a radio station, a a competitor of uh, mine now, and so I I won't be too specific, but I was working for the first time in my life uh, with full-time employment, and I had uh, real full-time money coming in, and I, when I was young, my high school didn't really have any of those like life skills classes. I didn't really know much about saving money, but I knew that it was important, and I knew that I somehow needed to uh, put in place a system for myself to, should the rainy day show up, I would be able to weather that storm. And so I scratched my head and thought a little bit, and I asked uh, some smart folks, and uh, really people, the advice they were giving me was, well, you have to save. Obviously, you have to save. And I thought, well, I don't, know. I, I don't know if I have the discipline for that. And so I created a system where, get this, this is no joke. <laughs> I drove, I was living in Utah County at the time, in Orem. I drove from my apartment in Orem out to Main Street in Ephraim, Utah. And I walked into a lo- local bank there, and I set up an account. And I set up direct deposit to have a percentage of my paycheck uh, every other week as it came, a percentage of that paycheck would be directly deposited into the account in that local bank in Ephraim. And they said, would you like checks? No, no checks. Would you like, this is in the early days of online banking, would you like access to online banking? No, 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 nope, no thank you. Don't, don't want any uh, online banking, no, no, no. Uh, would you like a, a debit card? No, 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 no thanks. What I was setting up was the inability to have any access to that money, save for the direct deposit, which came every other week, so that me, from a few hours away, uh, would have no convenient access to that money. The only way to get my hands on that money that I was saving was to physically drive myself out to Ephraim. And you know what? The rainy day did come. I ended up, for one reason or another, being separated from that radio station, and I needed to uh, uh, to pay my own way for a little bit without the benefit of a paycheck. And it was uh, thanks to uh, that account I had set up in Ephraim that I was able to make the drive out there, uh, collect my savings, and weather the storm until I had my next full-time job. Uh, now, I haven't restarted that system, and I lament that, and I may just for nostalgia reasons. I've become a little more disciplined since then. Uh, but I, sh- I share that story with you only to uh, uh, just point out that uh, Ephraim is, is a lovely place, and it is remote. 
that it is uh, some distance. I think it's just under two hours from where I sit right now in Salt Lake City. And in Ephraim, Utah right now, they are experiencing something incredibly unique. As the rest of us battle the coronavirus, uh, it has become known that in Ephraim, Utah, a community of about 5,000, home of Snow College, that there has been not even one confirmed case of the coronavirus. A colleague of mine, Deseret News opinion writer Samuel Benson, joins me on the line to talk about it. Uh, Sam, how you doing, sir? Lee, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm all right. All right. Uh, tell me, what, what have you? What's going on in Ephraim? You know, I haven't been. I don't want to be the one that that is an asymptomatic carrier and takes coronavirus down there. So I haven't made any trips <laughs> recently. But it's really spectacular, as you mentioned. They get to have a case. Um, it's a town of five thousand. There's also five thousand students of Snow of Snow College when school's in session. And not one of them has tested any from positively for, for coronavirus. That's what the mayor said. They said they're testing and everything. It's not that they don't have tests. No one has tested. So it's become really spectacular. I mean, they're not unique in that sense. I think there's other towns throughout the city of Utah mm-hmm. um, that probably don't have a case, small towns, remote towns. Um, but the preparations they've put in place, the, the safeguards that they have for when school starts in the fall has really been impressive. Well, what have they done? What, what, uh, what safeguards have they taken? Uh, both to get them yeah. to where they are now and looking forward to the kickoff of the fall school semester at Snow. Yes, yeah, so as I've talked to Mayor John Scott, he expressed to me that at the onset of the pandemic, they were presented with a lot of data, a lot of different models and projections for, for how the, the virus might take shape in Ephraim. And they said that if, say, 40% of, of the population became infected with the virus, there was a mortality rate of 4%. That's what, what was projected in early March. Um, between 96 and 112 people would die in the city. Um, that doesn't seem like a ton for some of us that live in bigger cities, but in a town of 5,000, that's a, a rate of 2,000 for every 100,000 people, which is twice the amount of what we're seeing right now on the Navajo reservations in San Juan County and southeastern Utah, and eight times out of New York City. So this is, this is incredibly – it would be ridiculous. It would be horrifying for, for a tiny little town like this. And so Mira Scott and others from then – um, we're very careful. We're very serious in, in, in making sure that the precautions that the state took and the guidelines that they were given were followed with exactness. But right now they're in the yellow stage. And as I mentioned in my column, a lot of restaurants in the town, as I've been told, still haven't opened to, to in-restaurant dining just because it's easier that way. It's easier mm-hmm. to take out. They don't have to clean every time someone comes in. Um, and and by, by that way, the, the city has been, has been uh, supportive. Things have been going well in that sense. And then as, a, as I've talked to Brad Cook, the president of Snow College as well, he's expressed a similar sentiment. They actually became, as far as I'm aware, the first college or university in the state to come out with tentative plans for fall semester. Um, and he announced on Wednesday in the town hall that they're going to have students on campus. And they're very extensive in their planning. Um, they're hoping that they can have mass testing so everyone is tested before they come. They're gonna, they might have a, a hybrid a hybrid. Uh, set up where some classes are, are on campus, some are remote. Um, they're going to have different class sizes, everything below 50, as the state has suggested. They're going to encourage mask wearing. They're going to have social distancing. They've really taken precautions to the extreme. And what strikes me is that they get to have a case. Coronavirus isn't something that they've dealt with firsthand yet. And as even so, they've, they've, they've been remarkable in their response. You, it's my understanding, you, you grew up in, in Ephraim. That's your hometown. And it's also That's my correct. understanding that in Ephraim, that there are no 
uh, orders in place, that all of this, all of the adherence to the guidelines that have been handed down by the coronavirus task force here in the state and shared with uh, organizations like the CDC, this essentially comes from uh, willingness and people's free will and choices. What is it about the, the, the people of Ephraim uh, that, that, that makes them act in this way, based on your having grown up there? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could portray it as a utopian society um, <laughs> because, and make it, make it sound perfect, but it's close. It's not quite, but it, it definitely is close. And the people that are special. I think one thing that really portrays the type of good people that are there is, is the story of Snow College. I mean, when it was founded, um, it was, it was, it was, Ephraim was settled by poor Scandinavian pioneers from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Brigham sent them down, Brigham Young sent them to Ephraim, to Sampi Valley, to help on the temple. And they decided they wanted to build a college to teach teachers, to instruct teachers. Um, and, and, and they decided they had no money. There was a, an economic recession. And they decided that what they were going to do is everyone that had hens that laid eggs or chickens that laid eggs, they were going to have every time they laid an egg on Sunday, they would take those Sunday eggs and sell them. And all the proceeds they had would go toward the building of the college. And so this 150 years ago, these pioneers, these settlers, their legacy lived on. And although I, I don't know what the percentage of, of the population that dis- descends from these original settlers, but I assume it's, it's probably um, this is a town that's generational. People have been there for a long time. People love each other. People care about this, um, this close-knit community. And it's something really beautiful that you don't really recognize until after you leave. I mean, growing up in high school, mm-hmm. sometimes you get, you get sick of, of sometimes there's a, yeah. a smell of cows or the small high school or the quirks mm-hmm. of that. But it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I'm actually surprised you didn't take more trips to Ephraim to take the money because if I had a big account in Ephraim, I'd be going there every weekend to blow it all uh, Samuel Benson, opinion writer with the Deseret News, has a remarkable column right now uh, available at Deseret.com, also on my Facebook page under the headline, What This Small Utah Town With No COVID-19 Cases Can Teach Us About Preparation. Samuel, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. And thank you for that story about the eggs. That is a rabbit hole down which I uh, presume I'll be going later today. That's a, that's a good little nugget of history. Thank you for that. No, absolutely. Thank you, Lee. All righty. Before I go, I want you to hear from the president of uh, Snow College. Samuel there mentioned President Brad Cook. He just last week addressed students uh, via video uh, and had just a few words to share. I'll play those for you, then we'll get some news. This has been one of the most This has been one of the most unique semesters that I've experienced in my 30-year career in higher education. And I can tell you we all feel this sense of uncertainty. But I commend you for sticking it out and finishing strong. That's the attitude in Ephraim right now. That's the attitude at Snow College right now, and it is paying dividends. No one there has tested positive for the coronavirus. That's an admirable accomplishment as we see the ravages of this virus making its way around the world, the country, and our states and our communities. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back after the news, we're going to be talking about some of the long-term care facilities here in the state of Utah and how the family members of those residing within these facilities are handling the coronavirus. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio.